greatest symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. The upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. Get 
Podcast. I am your host, JP John Posman, the two man power trip podcasting empire here on the TMPT feed. Each and every week uh, here on the Hogan Era podcast, we're talking about the greatest era in the history of the business, 1984 to 1993, the golden era of the WWF. Really, as we've come to know and love on this show, it is really the Hogan era because without Hogan, none of those things are possible. We're not looking at the greatest era in the history of the business without the Hulkster. The immortal one was the glue that made everything stick together. He is the reason why Vincent Kennedy McMahon is a billionaire after all. Without Hogan, none of these things are possible. He is just the best in the business, the greatest of all time. The reason why so many people made money in the business and i talked to kevin sullivan very very recently we just came out with an episode last week or two weeks ago about hulkster on the Testmaster talks program and he had a great quote at the end and i know he said it before but it was so profound and it was so great and i loved it so much he said i used to tell my kids at night pray to the god above that hulk hogan exists because you're able to live the life you have and the lifestyle you had because of hulk hogan so every time you go to bed at night kids Say a prayer for the Hulkster because he's the reason why we're able to have the money we have and live the lifestyle we live. And that kind of gets taken for granted by a lot of people because, you know, you think like, oh, Hulk was political or Hulk did this or, or oh, Hulk should have lost to this guy. Business sense is different than than people what they think is their common sense. I mean, it should kind of go hand in hand, but it doesn't. When you think about like, oh, Hogan should have lost to Piper. Well. Piper didn't really want to lose to him either, obviously, as we could see. But would they have WWF made more money had Piper been champion or if Orndorff had been champion instead of Hogan? Highly, highly doubtful. And you can't even point to like a, a metric or anything that would say that they would have been able to make more money with somebody else's champion. You wouldn't. You just you wouldn't. You, you make a risk and you almost... Um, fall into a trap where you might make less money if Hogan isn't the champion for those a thousand plus days from 84 to 88. It's just like, man, if he's not the champion and you're not doing killer business, you're taking a big risk here. And why do you want to do that when, you know, Vince put everything in on, on the Hulkster and, and in on the WWF. So everything was relying on the Hulkster and he delivered in spades. If you think about guys that were complaining that they didn't get to work with the Hulkster, why were they complaining they didn't get to work with him? Because they didn't make as much money as they could have. Because if you're making, if you're working with Hulk, you're making the most money. So each and every week here, we're talking about the different feuds and the different matchups. And obviously, a lot of this is predicated on Hogan being the cash cow, being the golden goose, the man that's making all the money for Vince McMahon and the WWF. Also, you got to think of like, okay, you need strong opponents for him to also be able to make that money and, and do those great things and, and really you know bring him to the next level so yes you need hulkster in that spot but you also need guys 
to fight Hulk, not necessarily beat him, but give the threat of beating him and, and have these guys that are larger than life, guys that have charisma, guys that have a good look, guys that could work a little bit, and most importantly, guys that won't injure the Hulkster. That, to me, might be kind of the most important thing. You want safe guys like Bundy, like Andre. They look like they're killing you, look like they're hurting you, but they're not. So this week, I want to talk about the natural, the hacksaw, Butch Reed, who had a very, very small brief feud Hogan. Really, they only had a few matches, and we'll kind of get into that. But it's just an interesting thing to me because a few of these matches, and, and they're in, you could say, like random places. Like, for instance, we'll get into it later, but in, in Pembroke uh, Pines, Florida, really at Hollywood, Florida, at the Sportatorium down there, it's like, okay, that's not really a big venue. It's kind of an interesting spot. They didn't really run it too much. But ten, they all sell 10,000 tickets for a house show headlined by Hogan and Butch Reed. So it's like, wow, that's pretty damn impressive. Um, they'll have at the Cops Coliseum in Hamilton, Ontario. I know it's a pretty big venue for them, but you know, not, not the place that they would go to all the time. Hogan versus Butch Reed in 87 is the main event. They sell out the show and just 18,000 people. They do. Butch is obviously involved in the main event of Survivor Series 87. Butch is in a world title tournament match against Savage in 88. So he did have important role in WBF and did have a, a nice run there. And it's one of the things where I almost have to mention Butch Reed or want to talk about Butch Reed because he was a strong force for them for over two years. And he was a good, nice um, role player, if you will, for the Hogan era. And I just love to mention like the other guys involved in, in the Hogan era. Like I know we talked about Piper and Bundy and Andre and like the big name, big John stud like that, but on these house shows and, you know, maybe be a part of a survivor series 87 main event and be believable. And you're very much invested in it and, and buying him. And he's a big monster. He's a great worker, especially when you pair him with slick, it's like a great combination together. It's one of those things where you got to love those uh, intermediary feuds, those other feuds going on, those feuds that'll sell out these house shows in random spots. So to me, you got to give respect and you got to love Butch Reed. So Butch Reed and slick signed with the WBF together. They were brought in as a package. Reed, of course, dyed his hair blonde and became the natural Butch Reed. And really, a lot of people would say this, and I do kind of agree. He was kind of the updated or modern version of Sweet Daddy Siki. Uh, he actually initially, he would feud with Tito Santana, and obviously he would become a victim of, of Slick's verbal gems, if you will, the verbal jabs. And his big pay-per-view debut was at WrestleMania 3, and he defeated Coco Beware. He would really, in the weeks after that, he would target the Intercontinental Champion, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. They would face each other at house shows and even on an episode of Wrestling Challenge. In the fall, moving on later on, WBF was heavily hyping a feud between Butch Reed and superstar Billy Graham, a match you will hear later on in, in the show. A Obviously, if you think about superstar Billy Graham, one of the greatest of all time, one of the biggest names, the former WBF world champion, he was staging a big comeback here after hip replacement surgery. He was really not the same. He was not moving around as good, but still had that huge name value. And if you're feuding with him, it was really, really kind of uh, a big deal. I mean, even when they brought back Bruno here in this era, too, it was like, wow, this is a big deal to bring in back Bruno. But Super Billy Graham's condition was really bad. He could really no longer handle kind of the physical demands of being a wrestler. So 
Butch Reed and Slick together, along with one man gang, injured Superstar Billy Graham in a sneak attack that was used to explain the retirement of Superstar Billy Graham. So another important thing here is that one man gang, Slick, and really the guy we're focusing on now, Butch Reed, were quote unquote responsible for the retirement of Superstar Billy Graham, which was a huge, huge deal and kind of just adds more importance to the man. So Superstar Billy Graham eventually ends up managing Don Morocco. The magnificent one, The Rock, Don Morocco, who actually came to his aid. And then that would immediately put Don Morocco, The Rock Morocco, in a feud with Butch Reed. They were on opposing teams, of course, like I mentioned, at Survivor Series. And kind of the, the feud w- would go on from there. And I'll really kind of get into Butch Reed and, and Hogan. But I just want to mention, too, before I kind of get further, I know obviously Butch came in with Slick, but his first match was on 9 16, 1986. Butch Reed with Slick defeats William Tabb at Superstars of Wrestling number four in Baltimore, Maryland. The day after on Wrestling Challenge number four, uh, that was Superstars Wrestling number four. This is Wrestling Challenge number four. He would defeat the legendary, the iconic Mike Kelly. And you're saying, why am I saying that? Because that is the franchise. Shane Douglas says he went by Mike Kelly at that point. That's 9-17-1986. As a very young Shane Douglas is using the name of Mike Kelly. And obviously, as Butch goes along, he even beats Lanny Poffo, Outback Jack, Pedro Morales, some big wins there. Um, they have a six-man tag where Butch Reed, Nikolai Volkov, and the Iron Sheik defeats Billy Jack Haynes and the British Bulldogs in a wrestling challenge from Rockford, Illinois, 11 20, 1986. So pretty good as far as him coming along and really, really winning a ton of matches and being a big part of the show because he'd go undefeated for several months and really just kind of run through the roster until he loses to Billy Jack Haynes at a house show. When they do a big house show in Montreal, Billy Jack Haynes ends up losing to Butch and Butch gets his win back there after beating Butch in, in Connecticut and a few other places on house shows. Then, like I mentioned, the big feud between Tito and Butch Reed kind of really kicks off with Tito getting a bunch of wins over Butch there. As you kind of move along here, the time that Hogan and Butch Reed finally cross paths, and really the first time they're in the ring together, 221-1987, Saturday night's main event, number 10, Joe Louis Arena, Detroit, Michigan. The big battle royal, we've talked about this one before. This was a very important show obviously leading up to WrestleMania three as Hogan and Andre are both in this battle Royal, but so is Butch. You got, um, Axe, you got B Brian Blair, you got Billy Jacanes, black Jack Mulligan, Haku, Hillbilly Jim, Jim Brunzel, Coco, Lanny Poffo, Nikolai Volkov, Paul Orndorff, Ron Bath, Sika, Smash, Tama, Honky Tonk Man. They're all in the match. Hercules ends up getting the win in about 11 minutes. And that was a big kind of push to the Hercules, Billy Jacanes feud. And of course, Hogan, Andre, and then, of course, Butch and Coco Beware are in there as well, who I mentioned are all WrestleMania three opponents. 424-1987 Wrestling Challenge, number 37, New Haven Coliseum in New Haven, Connecticut. We have a dark match. Hulk Hogan, Jake Roberts, and Tito Santana defeat Butch Reed, Hunky Tonk Man, and King Harley Race. Wow, that sounds like an awesome match. Love to see some of these matches I talk about. I would love to see if somehow, some way, they had some footage or if they could release some of these awesome dark matches. Because, man, when are you ever going to see Hogan, Tito, and Jake teaming together? Like, what a random team. And then Butch, Harley Race, and Honky Tonk Man as well. Which just sounds great. And would love, love to see some of these matches. So, really, the next time Hogan and Butcher together 11-26-1987 Survivor Series. The main event of Survivor Series 87, Richfield Coliseum, Richfield, Ohio. 
Butch Reed and the Heenan family, Andre the Giant, King Kong Bundy, Rick Root, and the One Man Gang defeat Bam Bam Bigelow, Don Morocco, Ken Patera, Paul Orndorff, and the immortal Hulk Hogan in 24 minutes and 26 seconds. Good match here, obviously, with Andre getting the final victory. Butch Reed, who obviously, like I mentioned, is a member of Andre's team, is the first one eliminated, and he is eliminated by Hulk Hogan, who ends up getting counted out in that one. As, of course, Survivor Series was another installment of like, hey, how could we keep this Hogan-Andre feud going? Because it's making us a shit ton of money. Let's do Survivor Series, and let's continue on making these big shows that are wrapped around and surrounded by the Hulkster and Andre the Giant. So the next time, like I mentioned before, Caps Coliseum, excuse me, Caps Coliseum in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, 1229-87, Hulk Hogan defeats Butch Reed at a house show there. Over 18,000 people were in attendance for this one. And it was one of those shows where it was not really, you know, it was headlined, of course, by the Hulkster. And that's the reason why everyone's there. And that's why it sold out and did so well. But it wasn't like the rest of the card was that great. Just want to run that down. Danny Spivey defeats Lanny Poffel. The Ultimate Warrior defeats Brooklyn Brawler. The Glamour Girls, Julie Mar- Judy Martin and Leilani Kai defeat the Jumping Bomb Angels. Jim Duggan defeats Harley Race. Bret Hart defeats Paul Roma. Coco defeats Iron Mike Sharp. Dino Bravo defeats Hillbilly Jim. Axe Smash defeat Billy Jack Haynes and Ken Patera. So nothing too great. And then obviously Hulk defeats Butch Reed. But really, Butch and Hogan were the reason why they did over 18,000 people there. It's just crazy to think like, that's, the, well, like, wow, that's the show. You know, it's not, not that great of a show, but pretty damn impressive. And of course, Hulkster can pretty much sell you know, sell out anywhere with anybody. So just uh, amazing, amazing stuff there. So then we go to 226, 1988, the last time the Hulkster and Butch will be in the ring together. Pembroke Pines, Hollywood, Florida, the Hollywood Sportatorium, over 10,000 people are in attendance here as the Hulkster gets the win. It's interesting to note that Hulkster is technically not the main event, but he was the one that they surrounded the show with, and he was the one that they promoted as the main event, even though technically it was not. It did not go on last. It was the intermission main event here as Danny Spivey defeats Poffo again. Warrior defeats Tino Bravo. Rick Rude defeats Junkyard Dog. Hogan defeats Butch Reed at the intermission main event. Then DiBiase and Macho Mary Savage go to a double countout. The Jumping Bomb Angels defeat the Clamor Girls. The Bolsheviks defeat the Killer Bees. Hacksaw Jim Duggan defeats Ron Bass. And then the main events of the evening, Jake Roberts and the Strike Force, Tito and Rick Martel defeated the Hart Foundation, Brett and Jim Anvil Nightheart, and the Honky Tonk Man in a six-man tag. So pretty good show here. Interesting that Hogan and Butch were announced at the main event, but really were the intermission main event. That's really the last time Hogan and Butch were in the ring together. Of course, Butch would go on to do a lot of uh, good things in the WWF after that, but not for long. He really, after that match, only lasted another month. He would lose in the Saturday Night's Man of number 15 dark match in Nashville, Tennessee, to Don Morocco, kind of ending in that feud there. They'd have a couple of tag matches with Morocco and George Steele defeating One Man Gang and Butch Reed. One really to note was 3-12-1988 on the Prim Network in Philly, PA at the Philly Spectrum as Bam Bam Bigelow and Morocco would defeat Butch Reed and One Man Gang there in about 14 minutes. Coco Beware defeats Butch Reed on a house show in Montreal. Ultimate Warrior and Don Morocco defeat Butch Reed and One Man Gang in Houston, Texas. And then the final match 
in the WWF for Butch Reed for heads on to NWA and WCW. 327-1988, WrestleMania 4. What the world is watching? Trump Plaza Convention Center, Atlantic City, New Jersey. Macho Man defeats Butch Reed in a good one in about nine minutes to advance in the tournament. That was, of course, the first round of the tournament. So that's really the last bit for Butch, not only with Hogan, but in the Hogan era, but he did have some great shining moments and some big time shiny feuds. Don Morocco, Coco Beware, superstar Billy Graham, of course, a little mini feud with the Hulkster selling out a couple big time venues there, a couple big time shows. And then the final match in the WBF title tournament for the vacated title at WrestleMania four, where he loses to Macho man, who was the eventual winner of the tournament and crowned the new WWF champion. And he would hold that belt for one year until WrestleMania five, when he would lose to the immortal Hulk Hogan. So great stuff here from Butch Reed. One of the things which just like, I wanted to mention Butch just cause I, I love Butch RIP. One of the nicest and funniest guys you ever want to meet. I had the opportunity to work with him a few times and do a few autograph signings with him. He was a blast, especially when he got him kind of away from the boys and just kind of, you know, doing some people watching and stuff with him. So, I mean, he was great. He was funny. He was hilarious. Great story. I was hanging out with Ron Simmons, Teddy Long, and Butch at a show. For some reason, Teddy Long was given one of the promoters that I was working with a hard time. So Ron Simmons <laughs> gets up out of his chair and uh, Butch just taps me. He goes, well, watch this, watch this. Like, we're just sitting there laughing and me and Butch are laughing, making fun of Teddy Long. As Ron Simmons, you could tell, is telling Teddy, sit your ass down. We're taking pictures now. Two seconds later, Ron Simmons turns to us, goes, all good. And Teddy Long sits and we're taking group pictures with Doom. I just thought it was so funny the way Butch was kind of egging on Ron and laughing and just making fun of Teddy. So really, really good stuff. Fun stuff there. Would like to um, head towards the plugs. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at two man power trip. Check out the website, tmptempire.com. And of course, Patreon, patreon.com slash tmptempire. Also just invite everybody to keep listening to the podcast. Been doing a bunch of episodes with Vince Russo, some from the archive, some are brand new. So far we've covered the brawl for all tournament, the WWF, WCW's Bash at the Beach 2000, which was highly controversial. The Brawl, for, oh, excuse me, I, said, I mentioned the Brawl for all. The um, King of the Ring, 1998, and WrestleMania 14. So we got some good stuff there with Russo. Whether you like him or not, he's got some uh, some good stuff on theirs. And of course, the interview I did with Hulk Hogan, if you haven't heard that one, please check that out in the archives. That was fun. And we got some good, fun stuff coming up, some rare interviews, some good clean wholesome fun for you folks and your uh, your listening pleasure but thank everybody for listening this week we'll see you right back here next week for the hogan era podcast we'll see you next week folks this has been a john paz power trip production in conjunction with the two-man power trip of wrestling you could follow us on instagram and twitter at two-man power trip you could check us out on facebook you could subscribe on youtube you can go to patreon.com slash tmptempire to become a patron and also check out the website tmptempire.com and buy a shirt at prowrestlingtees.com. Two-man power trip where the power lies, brother. talking about a couple of punches here i am talking about the tag team belts the championship and the new champion strike force tito santana and rick martell put their collective efforts together 
and it proved to be much too much for the Hart Foundation. Now, Strike Force was, of course, a top contender, so this was not a major upset. What was surprising, though, was the maneuver used in the victory. Meanwhile, Santana sent the hitman reeling. Ooh, down to the midsection. Look, Look at this double team. All right. All right. That's Ball right. Slam. Santana gets out of there. Martel trying to get him over. Boston Crab submission. Martel from Canada, Santana from Mexico, and wouldn't you know it, they used the Boston Crab to get the victory. All right, I talked to them in a delirious locker room moments after the win. How does it feel? It's a great moment for the strike force. You know, like my partner said, it was a real tough match, and we beat the tough team there. So, you know, they say winning it is one thing, but holding on to it is another. But we're ready for it. We're ready for it. So, Strike Force is the new tag team champion, and if they go by that saying, you dance with the girl you took to the prom, I would think we'll be seeing frequent use of that very impressive Boston Crab. With Update, I'm Craig DeGeorge. No, not that. Had a chance the good uh, stuff, right after that stuff. match to talk mm -hmm. to Tito Santana and Rick Martell, and yes. they told me that they had heard Fine. a rumor that the anvil did in fact have a bad lower back, and they went to work on it. Obviously, the rumor was true, right, I Frank? need party hats. Yeah. He doesn't have a clue what we're doing here. Well, you know what we're doing. You know yes, what's you're coming up I'm, next? I picked up everything. You're talking about the anvil giving up. You know what happened there? What's coming next? You don't know, do you? I know exactly what's coming what is next. It? Tell him. Go ahead. Just one moment. Um, well, I... <laughs> you don't know, do you? I know exactly. You should know. It's a special interview you, with your team. team. Hulk Hogan's team will take on the team I have with me right now, led by the managers, the doctor of Styles Flick, and of course, the brain Bobby heated. You know, when you look around, you wonder how anybody can survive getting in the ring with the natural butchery, King Kong Bundy, the one-man gang, ravishing Rick Rude. I'm in one corner, he's in the other corner, and captained by this man, the eighth wonder of the world, and next heavyweight champion, Andre the Giant. But there's something I think everybody should see, you see, after Hogan gets through hiding behind the likes of Orndorff and the likes of uh, Patera and Bam Bam and his other partner, then he is going to have to step in that ring. Hogan, that 300-pound blonde turkey, is going to have to step in that ring. And eventually, he's going to have his hands full with Andre the Giant. But let me show you a little something. I happen to have a a nice little toy here. It's the brand new Hulk Hogan stretch doll. Now watch, what happens if the natural grabbed an arm? And let's say, oh, Bundy took this arm. And then what happened if the one-man gang grabbed a leg? Well, what if Ravishing Rick Rude grabbed the other leg? What would be left to grab? Showing much respect for the heavyweight champion. You 
know why? Because what you see assembled here is a congregation of sophistication, brother. And when it all falls down to that these men are going to destroy that Hulk Hogan and those bombs he's associated with. You know what he's going to look like? You know what he's going to look like? We'll find out on Thanksgiving evening. Well, you thought it was funny, didn't you? Between you and the Slickster, oh. there's going to be so much dissension on that team. No, no. We've had a meeting. And there's a big meeting in two days. Well, you're only one week away from the event. I know, but we're Richfield having a Coliseum. Big... All roads will be pointing there. If you're That's not there inside the Richfield me. Coliseum, you'll be amongst the millions who will be watching on over 400 pay-per-view cable systems. Let's take a look at Hawks team. Now, you can tell what that team's saying right there. Orndorff is saying, mmm. How are we going to protect Hogan? Superstar says, I don't have an idea. Bam Bam Bigelow says, who's Hulk Hogan? Patera says, I'm just glad to be out in the streets. I don't want to make license Please, plates anymore. will you stop? Why don't you be realistic for once That's in your happening. life? That's what's happening. Take a look at your team. I'll give you the, I'll give you the weighted bandage. Okay. Over one ton inside. We've got nothing to lose. Though. We don't have a championship at stake. Neither do they. But if Hogan was injured and he couldn't defend that title, he could be stripped of it. They've got three former champions. Or one one world's heavyweight champion and two former. Superstar Billy Graham, former world's champion. Yes. And uh, Ken Patera. In Intercontinental right. title holder, Kenny Patera. And he's also a former ex-con. <laughs> Let's take a look at another captain and his team. Oh, I look at that. The honky-tonk man. Probably the greatest intercontinental champion in the history of wrestling. He must have laid awake at night thinking of putting together that congregation. Oh, no. Dangerous Danny Davis. Man, not only is a great wrestler, but used to referee. The Owl Ron Bass with Betsy the Bullwhip. And the people that I have lent to the team. The King, uh, Harley Race, they, and Hercules. They're in a lot of trouble. I got news for you. They're in a whole lot of trouble. Coming up this coming Thursday night, Thanksgiving night, <clears throat> Richfield Coliseum, the big one.
those were the golden tones of Vince McMahon. I don't know why you're so enthralled about Stand Back. They had to bring back a lot of unhappy memories seeing that footage. Earlier on in the program, wait a minute. I asked you folks to get a pencil and paper who, in fact, had that dish sitting out in your backyard or up on your roof. He will be led by his manager, the doctor of style, Slick. And from Kansas City, Missouri, weighing 255 pounds, the natural Butch Reed. Oh, man, that music is too much. That's Jive Soul Grove. It's Jive, all right. I don't know if it's Jive Soul Bro or not. His opponent from Paradise Valley, Arizona, weighing 268 pounds. What an ovation! Superstar Billy Rhea! What an ovation! Look at this capacity crowd! All standing in appreciation for the superstar. Tell you what, ovations don't win your matches. That's for sure. Read all over superstar Billy Graham. He didn't even let the superstar get into the ring before he nailed him. Maybe it was a freak too. Maybe he figured if he gave him a fair chance, it might mean trouble for Reed, huh? Jesse? That, that might be true, Bruno, but you do whatever works. Oh, baloney. This, this is disgusting. Let the man in the ring and be a man and start the match properly. Butchery just hammering away. You know, you're a fine one to talk about that, Bruno. I remember when you jumped Billy Graham the same way. And look at this. All over his hip. That's right. Why not? Why not? He knows it's a weak spot. He knows oh, wait it's a minute. A... Look at that. He knows that's his Achilles heel. If Graham can't take it, he shouldn't be in there. Wait a minute. Oh, can't take it. Wait a minute. What a chair who could. Come on. The Slickster, distracting the referee. You know what this shows me? This shows me that Slick, that Slick and Reed were prepared when they came into that ring and Billy Graham was not. The Slickster, not much in the way of a managership, many say, but the one-man gang high on the Slickster just as the natural Butch Reed is. Here's what the gang had to say. There's a lot of bad rap going down on the Slickster. Well, you people lighting up on the Slickster because he's the greatest manager in professional wrestling right now. I believe that, and a natural believes that, and he's promised us to take us all the way to the top in the WWF. All the way to the top, huh? You know, the interesting thing about this match so far is superstar Billy Graham has showed virtually no offense whatsoever. That's true. None. Oh, wait a minute! Superstar! Look at that! Right up past the... Oh, wait a minute! Oh, yeah! Hey! Now, he had no reason to bring Slick into the ring. Well, was Slick going on the apron? He doesn't belong on the apron. Go ahead. Should pick him up and throw him over those top ropes. Teach him a lesson once and for all. Hit it! Come on, Billy, hit him! He's a manager. What do you mean, hit it? Hit him! He deserves it. He's always interfering. Superstar This shows me right here, you want to mess with the manager, then you're going to pay for it. 
because there's a lot of loyalty in wrestling between wrestlers Wait and their managers. What are they doing to him? Oh, no, got across the hip. Right on that hip, too, right on the bad hip. Look at that. 400 and some on pound. Look at oh, that. Oh, my goodness. What are they trying to do to him? I'll tell you what they're doing. They're going to end this career. That's what they're trying to do. They're going to send him back to the doctor again. You mean to tell me we're going to have to watch one of those bloody operations? Morocco go. Back there was in Morocco cleaning house in there. We saw him earlier on. Morocco out there with Reed. And the long man gang. Billy Graham's hurt. Better believe he's hurt with what he took on that bad hip. Well, he shouldn't be in there then. If he's not well, yeah, physically man, he capable be in there. to wrestle, what is he doing Oh, come on! Come on now! The nightmare continues for superstar Billy Graham. What an onslaught. Only because The Rock came out there mm. to the rescue. There's no telling exactly how bad superstar is. You know, the most important thing is, I don't know who cares. I'll tell you who cares. A lot of people care. I care for one. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna take you right now and then show you some additional footage from that particular Happy match. Train. Superstar Billy Graham unable to get to his feet had to literally be carried out of there on a stretcher let's take a look at it oh my heart got him writhing in pain superstar billy graham we're taking him out we may have seen the last of the superstar what an ovation for this man though what a gallant effort i believe the gang and butch reed have given billy graham mandatory retirement superstar on a stretcher the body said mandatory retirement. That may indeed be the case. Perhaps world's heavyweight champion Hulk Hogan better look for another member of his team. 